into another edition of the Shot Show. We come to you on Thursday evening following Coastal Carolina's defeat to Appalachian State, 30-27 to up in the mountains of Boone, North Carolina. Um, this is going to be the hardest episode we've ever done. <laughs> we've never covered a Coastal loss. We're a little bit new to this, so bear with us. There's going to be some, you know, so it's almost going to be a therapy session for a lot of us, but I'm joined by... Mario and Jordan. So let's jump into it, guys. First things first, what the hell happened, man? I mean, I'm going to just, the eye test for me was offensive line play on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, combined total rushing yards as a team. I mean, we only had 55 total yards rushing from all of our running backs and our quarterback, Grace McCall. But, I mean, you look on the other side of the ball with App State, they had. 41 carries for 228 yards and two touchdowns. So we were we were just completely overwhelmed by their defensive presence. Um, just really all game, and you know it's just it's tough to see see that happen. You know the offensive line has played great all year, and to see this game happen the way it happened with their offensive line play is, is really tough to see. But um, hats off to their hats off to their defensive line for playing so well. Yeah, hats off to App State. They absolutely played an amazing game defensively. Um, as as for Coastal's offensive line, they let go of three and a half sacks. Rushing game again, it wasn't there. So we got to give App State's defense a lot of credit. Yeah, I, I think you know this is going to be an important test for for Coastal and, and their offensive line moving forward. They were really bad, right? Like we said after the Buffalo game, we're, we're not negative people. We like being positive and we're going to try our best to do that here. Um, but it's hard. It's really hard when your team was outplayed for f- basically after the first two drives, right? Coastal went up 14, nothing. And from that point on Appalachian state completely and totally dominated in every phase of the game, right? Like just going through a game recap, we got up 14 to nothing. You looked at, Coastal was going to roll. It really, truly looked like Coastal was going to roll in this game. Put up another 50, blow them out, come back as the definitive, we are the team to beat in the Sun Belt. You give up a long touchdown drive, and then this absolute backbreaker of an onside kick. Now, breaking down that onside kick a little bit, it is insane to me that Coastal's widest man had two men outside of him on kickoff coverage. That is some youth football stuff, right? The widest guy on your front line matches the widest guy on their front line. That way you can't pull this garbage. There's no excuse, none, for the closest guy to the ball to be 20 yards away. No credit to EJ Porter, ran his ass off, tried to do something, but when you're trying to make up 20 yards on somebody, you can't do it in time. And it broke Coastal's momentum. It broke their back. And I looked, and I I, I said, it. I thought it, and I, I wish I would have said it. I said, Coastal's losing this game. The second they recovered that onside kick, it hit me in my stomach. This isn't going to go well. And it's just like you said, Curtis. I mean, the momentum. You mean the momentum shifted. It literally shifted from our side to their side with just that one play. And they went down the field, and they went down and scored, and we were tied up at 14. Oh, and you got to be prepared. And any circumstances when you're playing a team like that, they're going to do anything they can trick-wise, 
to make sure that they get their boys back on the right track if they start out slow. So, you know, we got to be more prepared for that. I know a special teams coordinator is going to have to look at that, and, and we cannot allow that to happen anymore this season. Right, and like you said, we weren't prepared for it. Again, I got to give App State a lot of credit because that is a very risky thing that they did. Because if Coastal would have got that football, they would have been in a very good position to go up 21 nothing. So I got to give App State credit. They took a risk and it paid off. Oh, yeah, the cojones to even call that. It's, it's, it takes a lot. Yep. But my thinking is this. If you saw on film that Coastal lined up that way and they never made an adjustment, it doesn't take cojones to take the, the, the ball and, and the the plays that Coastal is giving you, right? If Coastal has been giving that to teams all season and App State's the first one to notice it, kudos to their video team for noticing it, kudos to their coach for calling it, but that's an easy call to make when you know you're going to recover it. You got 20 free yards before your guy could even think about getting hit. That's, that's an easy, easy recovery. That's true. You know, and it, it wasn't a hard kick for their kicker to make. He just kind of put it up in the air. Mm-hmm. Their their receiver could have fair caught it if he wanted it. Like, mm-hmm. it was crazy. It's, it's insane to me that they allowed that to happen. App State goes down, scores a touchdown, ties it up, right? You're 14-14. to 14. Coastal's offense didn't touch the ball in the time it went from 14 to nothing to 14-14. to 14, But Coastal's offense in those first two drives looked really good. So you still, you know... I, Again, I said earlier, I thought that was the backbreaker, and it ended up being it. But you still had a little bit of hope, Coastal's offense coming out. And then Coastal, consistently, the offensive line, shot this offense in the foot. Whether it was holding calls, whether it was missed assignments and missed blocking. And, you know, they talked on the broadcast often about how Coastal, coming into this game, was averaging nine yards per play. That's crazy, right? Like, you're not going to maintain that level through an entire season. But it tells you what Coastal's offense is capable of. I don't remember in this game a second and two for Coastal. We weren't. It seemed like every first down was a negative play. Whether it was Grayson McCall getting pressure and throwing an incompletion, getting pressure and getting sacked, or they would call a run play and it would get blown up before it even had a chance. Right? Like, it... Didn't, it seemed like Coastal kept shooting themselves in the foot, right? With the help of App State loading the gun for them. You know, like App State was was constantly in the backfield making plays. But you've got to make an adjustment, and Coastal never did. And it just seems like, you know, we were looking for Jamie Chadwell to, you know, get that play call out, to get the, to get what the plays that he's usually accustomed to playing, to make, get a trick play going, to get that 99-yard play, like something like that that he did against Arkansas State. To pull something, a rabbit, out of his hat to see what he could do this week against Appalachian State. And we just, those first two drives, I give credit, were perfect. We went out there, we went down the field, we scored and did what Coastal was supposed to do. But then after that point, it was just, I don't even recognize this Coastal team. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I don't recognize that team. I don't. Right. And going back to the 14, like, I hate going back in time, but a thought just occurred to me. The touchdown that we scored to go up 14-0 was a completely and totally broken play. It's a play where Grayson McCall escapes the pocket because he was under pressure literally every play. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter if App State brought, brought a blitz. Late in the game, they didn't have to. They were rushing three guys and getting pressure. That's ridiculous. But on that touchdown play, Grayson McCall slides out to his left. He runs up. He's about a yard behind the line of scrimmage and finds Cam Brown on broken coverage, and he stretches it out for a touchdown. Credit to the offense for doing that, but that wasn't the play call. 
That right. wasn't what was intended to happen. It was what happened because it's what had to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not Coastal Standard. That's not Jamie Chadwell Standard, right? To have Grayson McCall under complete and total duress the entire game, to not be able to run the ball at all, and then your defense didn't help you out either. Your defense didn't do you any favors. Period. Yeah. Done. Defense was bad this game. They got controlled and manhandled on the line of scrimmage. You know, App State finishes the game with 228 yards rushing. They looked like they could do whatever they wanted. And then whenever they decided they wanted to pass the ball, they couldn't stop that either. It's bad. It was a bad team effort. Right, and I'll say this. In the last two years that we have been an undefeated team, well, now not anymore, I'm going to say it right now, I cannot remember a game where this offensive line was any worse than what they were at App State. I can't. No, and I really can't. And if you're a fan of this show and you've listened to a couple episodes, episode number one was Buffalo postgame. We beat Buffalo 28-25. to That Buffalo team was a very physical, very powerful, very NFL-like team. They were the blueprint for App State, right? And we walked away from that game saying, boy, this offensive line doesn't look good. This defensive line got beat up. Buffalo could run the ball, do whatever. But they're playing UL Monroe, and they're playing, you know, a couple of other teams in in between there where we can improve. And we saw that improvement. We saw the offensive line. They were – the offensive line and defensive line – were candidates, you know, as a as a position group for players of the game, right? In, in multiple games leading up to this. The problems that faced us in that Buffalo game reared their heads again, and it makes me wonder if we're ever going to get better than what we are and what we saw in the Buffalo and the App State game. Well, I'll say this. At least with the Buffalo game, at least we had, like, Shamari Jones is going off. So they had to do some some type of have, have a little type of success against that Buffalo team in order for Shamari Jones to do what he does. I know Shamari Jones had an amazing game that day, but I still think this App State game, I think the offensive line was worse than what they did in Buffalo. Oh, absolutely, without a question. Like this this is the worst performance I've seen out of an offensive line at Coastal since I've been following the team. Right? It's bad. And and I I don't want to, you know, Again, we're positive, happy people here, right? Like, yeah. if, if you find me on campus, you're not going to find me with a frown on my face, right? Like, I'm always walking around smiling. I'm always having a good time. This performance made me angry. It made me upset. And it's not because we lost to Appalachian State. It's the way in which it happened. That's what happened. That's what broke me. That's what made me so angry. What's made me come in here today and be super uber negative is just because we got dominated in all facets of the game for three and a half quarters. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 we, this was what we were talking about. We were talking about this game. We said that this game was going to be cru- critical in a lot of phases of the game. We had to win this game. And, you know, I credit Appalachian State. They came out and, you know, the pub sports talk guys were saying they had this game um, on their counter ever since last year. So I feel like Appalachian State, they took it a little bit more seriously than we did. They they wanted to come out and and make a mark on us and set their targets set on us, and they did. They went out there, and, you know, the score reflects it was a little closer than expected, but looking at the box score, the box score proves that they flat out whooped our butts up and down this field last night. Yeah, and I think without the, the help of, you know, 
going into halftime, Appalachian State had the ball. They were kind of lackadaisical in running like a two-minute offense. And then you get a turnover. You turn that into quick points for Coastal, which I know it's, it's, it's a microcosm of the game, right? But I want to point out the play with 11 seconds to go in the first half. Coastal has the ball on about their own 30-yard, excuse me, on Appalachian State's 30-yard line. There's 11 seconds left. Coastal has at least two timeouts. I, I wish I could remember exactly how many they had. But that's enough time for two or three shots at the end zone, right? You can, you can, you can throw it down the middle. You've got time to get up there, make a catch, call a timeout, run another play, right? Instead, as soon as Grayson McCall snaps the ball, he's under pressure. He has to roll out wide. He wastes a ton of time in doing that. Right? That's not a criticism of Grayson McCall. It's a criticism of the offensive line. He throws it, checks it down to Shamari Jones because it's all that was there. Shamari Jones drops it, and you have to settle for a field goal on the next play because you killed seven seconds with your quarterback running for his life. Yeah, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough to see. We have never seen Grayson running around like that. I, I can honestly tell you we've all been here. We've seen a lot of Coastal games. We've never seen Grayson running around for his life like this um, the other day. So, you know, it's, it's tough to see that. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see what Bill Durkin's going to do because offensive line's coach for Coastal because I know he was very he, – he was not pleased with last night's performance uh, of this offensive line. They can, do, they can do a lot better than that. He couldn't have been happy, right? No. Like, that's the thing, right? And, and that's points off the board, right? You still – you right. kick the field goal, right? You get three points. That was a golden opportunity to go into halftime – with a, what, they were up, they kicked a field goal, that put them up, you know, whatever, right? That That's four more points. That's the difference in this game. That's true. <laughs> you lost by three. A touchdown on that last drive going into halftime, A, is a backbreaker for App State because they just turned the ball over and gave Coastal three points when Coastal should have never touched the ball, yeah. right? You missed a golden opportunity because you couldn't make the plays that were necessary. Because you couldn't do the things that were required of you. And it continued in the second half, right? This is when I think we need to talk about the statistics for App State. Because they poured it on in the second half. Malik Williams, number 14, their slot receiver. We didn't mention him once in the pregame podcast. Because we didn't expect anything out of him. Right, We looked at his stats. We said, hey, this is a burner. This is a guy that, eh, he's got some potential. But he's been covered and he's been wrapped up and he's been contained by defenses that we perceived as worse than Coastal's. You're right. He burned Coastal over and over and over and over again. Ten catches, 206 yards, one touchdown. Like, that kid turned the game on his head by himself. That's unacceptable especially when he was doing this the entire game. Now, the second half is when he poured it on. But in the second half, you've got to come out at halftime and make an adjustment. Chad Staggs, that's on you. That's on you have to see what's happening to your team and make an adjustment. And he never did. He never once said, hey, let's change this. No, You know what? I trust my personnel. Malik Williams has been dominating us. Let's put Silas Kelly on coverage. What? What your line, your outside linebacker, team leader, great player, didn't have a good game this game, but that guy's gonna cover the guy who's been burning you on deep posts all game. 
that's your choice, that's your decision, that's pathetic. That's awful. You can't have that. As, as a D1 defensive coordinator, as a D1 defense, that's inexcusable. Right? Mismatches are going to happen. It happens all the time. But that mismatch has to be a small mismatch. You have to put a corner or a safety on him that has a chance. You cannot put an offensive, or excuse me, an outside linebacker on him where the talent gap and the speed gap is massive. You're asking to get burned. And you did. Right. And even at like the highest level, even at the NFL, these are like, again, professional football players. Even their coaches, if something happens with the coverage, even their coaches end up making adjustments and double teaming players sometimes. And these are professional football players. So I get I get the whole part about like trusting your players. But in a game like this and you start seeing a guy like Malik Williams absolutely torch your team, you have to make that adjustment. You just have to. And I got to say this one thing, too. Uh, you know. When we saw Malik Williams doing the things that he was doing last night, you bring up a good point. Who's our best corner? Yeah, DeJordan Strong is our best coverage player. Period. Put him on him. Put him. Lock Malik. We, we got our, one of the best in the country. Put him on Malik Williams and shut him down. And he it was, never and, and, and it never happened, but he did pretty well last, last night covering Corey Sutton. Make that adjustment. Put either Boykin or somebody else on Corey Sutton and put the Jordan Strong on Malik Williams. Yeah, it makes no sense to me that you make no adjustment. And, and you don't double-team him ever in the game, right? There, I don't recall a single play where he was double-teamed. It didn't happen. The adjustment that you did make, and you made it far too late was you brought in your, your backup safety to cover him, and that didn't work. You never once... Oh, I take that back. No, you tried press coverage one time, mm -hmm. and Manny Stokes commits a holding penalty mm. and gets bailed out because Appalachian State's offensive line committed a holding penalty on the same time. But, like, you didn't make an adjustment to that kid one time. You didn't make a defensive adjustment at all in this game. You kept rolling out the same 11 players in the same 11 package... And you kept rolling out the same pressure that wasn't doing anything. You kept bringing Teddy Gallagher and, and Silas Kelly on blitzes in the B-gap. And they would just get eaten alive by the offensive guards. Change it. Do something. Do anything. Right? It's that meme of the guy like poking a, like a dead animal. Right? Do something. Do something. Yeah. Change something. Do anything. Do the bare minimum, as a, as a D1 defensive coordinator, is you make changes during the game. He didn't. And it, it brings me to my next point of Coastal came into this game not confident, but cocky. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. I feel like we were, we were feeling ourselves a little too much. I feel like we were. They didn't take this game as seriously as they were supposed to take it. They were. I feel like they were looking ahead. They were looking ahead. They were trying to... Trying to see what they were going to do come December. They were looking ahead to the Sun Belt Championship game. And they weren't focused on the task at hand. And you know what? This almost happened to us. We almost had a loss to Buffalo. They took Buffalo likely. And we were able to come out of that with a win, fortunately. But it was just unfortunate. This time around, it didn't go our way. Guys, we have to stay focused at the task at hand. We cannot look ahead or look above any other team that we are playing. Appalachian State came out ready to play. This is a rivalry game. You have to come ready to play. And they didn't. Coastal didn't. 
And, and you know, Chase Bryce tweeted after the game. He, he put a picture up. Teddy Gallagher, heart and soul of this team, the mayor, the, you know, the, the Chanticleer chandelier with his blonde mullet, right, sent an Instagram DM to Chase Bryce, and it said, verbatim, imagine transferring somewhere to lose to some kids from Myrtle Beach, and that's if you win the job. Now, that came immediately after Chase Bryce announced that he was transferred from Duke to App State, and then put, like, he, Teddy Gallagher put, like, a little winky, like, meh, face, right? What are you doing, man? What are you, what are you doing? Cut that shit out. You're a D1 linebacker with aspirations of playing on the next level. That's some JV garbage. That's some JV high school garbage where you tweet at the, the, the rival quarterback and you tweet at his, you know, that's tweeting at the JV quarterback for your rival school and saying, hey, I'm going to kick your ass. That's garbage. That's trash. You are a D1 athlete. You focus on yourself. You focus on winning. And you focus on providing your team the necessary tactics to win a game. Not that garbage. And they, he had a bad game. He had a forced fumble. He had 11 tackles. I don't ever believe tackle stats. Those are just, they, they mark up some garbage, right? That every time he jumps on the pile, you get an assist to tackle. It's inexcusable for this team to get dominated in this way. And that tweet and that Instagram instant message proves to me that they weren't thinking of this game as the game that it was. They were cocky. They expected to come in and win without doing anything. They expected to roll over App State, and it didn't happen. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I, every point that you pointed out was absolutely correct. I mean, we got we to gotta, we gotta quit being little kids here, and, and we're supposed to be adults here. You know, I mean, it's all about going out there and playing. And, you know, I'm pretty sure Chase Bryce took a little offense to that. And, you know, he might have had that posted on his <laughs> locker. He might have had it somewhere where he can remember pretty well. So I know he had this game marked on his schedule because he had an absolute great game. I mean, guy hats off to him. I can't even get mad at him. He did. Right. And even when he got the message, like, he could have just saw it and been like, okay. And that just added fuel to the fire. App State. They were motivated to win this game. They were motivated. All year long, they were motivated to win this game. Doing that to the starting quarterback, it just motivated him more. Yeah, and, and you always talk about, right, billboard material. You never, ever, ever, ever want to give a team you're playing billboard material. You don't ever want to give them something to put in their locker room and hit on their way to practice every game and say, hey, this is what they think of you. This is what they their this is their attitude towards you. Is that you suck? You transferred out of Duke to go to App State, and you're going to lose to some Myrtle Beach boys. No, mm. you don't do that. Mm. You don't give them anything in a game that they were already highly motivated for. Mm. In a game where they knew from the beginning that their chance to cement themselves as the team to beat in the Sun Belt was here. They lost to Coastal last year. Coastal's co-champions. They took it back. One game. It's over. We talked consistently on this podcast about bringing the Sun Belt to Conway. If you want to win the Sun Belt, you have to beat the Chanticleers. You have to beat 
the team that's in Conway rather than the team that's in Boone, last night proved that that wasn't the case at all. It's still their conference. They're still the big dogs. And we still act like little kids. Yep. And, you know, it's unfortunate because we, we kept saying how important this game was. And for them to, to have a hiccup like this, I mean, we can go ahead and just kiss the New Year's Six goodbye. You know, there's, there's no point in that because now, I mean, we'll be fortunate enough to get a, a, a decent bowl game. But I don't think it's going to be to an extent where it's going to be something that, you know, these kids, not, not these kids, but the players work really hard for, you know, and it's, and it's upsetting. And I know they're hurt about it. I know the, the coaches are hurt for it. But they can't, they can't let this dawn on them. They have to look forward to each week and play to their absolute best that they can. And they have to finish out the season undefeated, 11-1, and see where we end up. Right, and as for this week, you know, when these AP rankings come in, basically we're going to have to go in, look at it, and it's like peeling off the band-aid. We're going to have to see where we are and what exactly happened to Coastal. And I don't think we'll be ranked. If, in my personal opinion, I think we could drop completely out of the poll, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. I think Louisiana jumps into the poll ahead of us. I think Appalachian State has the potential to be ranked. And I also think that this is the reality check that Coastal needs but I'm worried that it's not the reality check that is going to happen. I'm worried that next week against Troy, we lose to Appalachian State again, right? Like, we're still thinking about this game. We're still thinking about the could-bes and what-ifs and what's happening, and we lose to Troy because we're not thinking about it anymore. Right, a big loss that could make you or it could break you. And, uh, and I'll say this. I do have hope that they will bounce back only because I have hope in Jamie Chadwell. I have hope that... Jimmy Chadwell is a great leader. I truly believe that, and I have hope that he's going to get his team in the mindset to win against Troy. Again, you'll probably tell him, we lost to App State. It sucks, but we got to move on. You know, we have to move on to the next week, and we got to end up doing what we need to do to get back on track. That's he the, has to. That's the only reason why I have hope is because of Jamie Chadwell. He has to. That's what we pay him for. If he comes out and we lose next week to Troy, and we look pathetic, and we look like we don't want to be there, Right, like if this is the if this is the straw that breaks the camel's back is losing to App State and Boone, and the rest of the season goes to trash. As much as I said a couple weeks ago that Jamie Chadwell deserves a statue outside a wall building, that's unexcusable. As the leader of your team, as the leader of a university, period. As much as they want to say that you know our president is Benson and like and all this other. That dude is the face of Coastal Carolina. Him and Grayson McCall. As the face of a university, you have to come out and you have to fight for your university. You have to fight for your team. And if he comes out and they lay an egg against Troy, even if they win, let's say they win by like three points. Mm -hmm. It's not not good enough. Right. Not good enough. Not acceptable. Right? Right. It's it's terrible. It's And I, I hate to keep going back to the well. Right? I hate to keep going back to it. But... It's the way we lost this game. That's why we're all so upset. And me specifically. Is we looked like we we were looking forward to playing Louisiana in the Sun Belt Championship game. We looked like we let Appalachian State punch us in the mouth. And when they did, we rolled over. Right. And I'm going to be honest. When, when App State got beat by Louisiana... A lot of us had hoped that Coastal would not only beat them, but beat them pretty decisively after that loss. A lot of us had hope, not just the players, but the fans too. And to see something like this, I mean, again, 
I still have to give credit to App State. I hate to do it, but I still have to because they did exactly what we need to do. They took they took an ass whooping to Louisiana, and then they bounced back the next week to beat us. And I got to give them credit. That's what Coastal has to do. We lost to App State. Next week, we have to bounce back. You have to. You don't have a choice, right? And I take that back. You do have a choice, right? Mm. This team could say screw it. This team really could. This team is not an Alabama, is not an Ohio State, is not a Penn State, is not you know, an Oklahoma that can survive a loss and continue to gain momentum and, and continue to grow. This loss probably pushes Coastal out of the AP Top 25. You're now reliant on the bad teams in the Sun Belt to beat App State so you have a chance to play Louisiana in the championship game. I don't think that happens. I really, truly don't. This team could easily roll over. That's the choice they have to make. That's the choice they have to make every day in practice this week. It's the choice they have to make next Thursday night. right? It's the choice that every single player has to make tomorrow on whether they show up to class, whether they still care. But it's, not, it's like you said, though. It's not, it's not about just winning, though. They have to go out and, and dominate. We need domination. We need to get back to playing Coastal Carolina football. Winning by three... We can't we can't play like that. That's not our style. We are meant to be blowing out teams, and we are meant to be playing the way that we play. We run the ball, and we, we throw the ball, and we play the way that we're supposed to be playing. So I anticipate um, next week, I think the boys are going to come out really motivated and really, you know, driven to prove a point that, okay, we let this game get, a, get away from us with App State, but we're going to come out and we're going to play – in front of the fans, and we're going to go out here, and we're going to win, and we're going to win decisively. So, I thought what you said was very interesting, Curtis, again, because the way you were talking about it was we took this loss, and now we have to win out, and we have to hope that App State loses to one of these other teams, which is absolutely true. The way I'm looking at it as is the perfect example I had is like, uh, I think it was like the 2019 season when LSU won the national championship, when Alabama missed the top four, and they ended up playing a bowl game against Michigan. A lot of the players were not happy about that. You know, a lot of the players wanted to sit out that bowl game. But Nick Saban, being the leader that he is, he said, look, you can sit out this bowl game. Or what you can do is you can play this bowl game and show everybody what type of player you are. That's what I'm talking about with Coastal. Forget about what could happen at the end of the season. Forget about, forget, forget about the potential to play in the Sunbelt Championship. Just focus on this week. Just go back to what you were doing. Just go back to dominating players. You took a bad loss. Okay, bounce back from it. Just continue to dominate teams and continue to do business as usual. Just focus on that. Yeah, the focus has to be being 1-0, right? Who cares what your record is at the end of that game? Your record's 1-0 or it's 0-1. And you have to be 1-0 from here on out. Right. You have to have that mentality of, I'm not going to let Appalachian State beat me more than once this season. Right. Take it game by day and then whatever happens at the end of the season happens at the end of the season. I got faith in the boys. I know they're gonna bounce back. Right. We 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 all we listen. Curtis is very passionate, and you know we all feel the same way. He's just we're not bashing Coastal. We're just out here pointing out what we saw and the things that they need to have fixed and corrected. We think that this team can go out and still accomplish the things that they need to accomplish, but they need to go out there and prove it to the doubters. The doubters are out here saying that we were right all along. This team doesn't deserve to do the things that they wanted to do, to be in the top 25. So 
It's all about bouncing back, like Curtis said and Mario said. We're going to see how this team bounces back in these next five, six weeks. It's going to prove it right here. Yeah, and, and, you know, we always look to the future. This podcast, Jordan and I are seniors, right? This is our last season. It's our first season of the podcast, but it's our last season. This podcast will continue to go on without us. Mm -hmm. This university will continue to go on without this football team. This school will continue to grow into a coastal powerhouse, right? This loss doesn't change that trajectory. The rest of this season might. If you collapse now, you collapse the hopes and dreams of Conway, South Carolina. You collapse the hopes and dreams of a student base who's been behind you since day one, right? We talked earlier this season about, you know, we need a better fan base. You guys can't be leaving at halftime, right? But you walk around this campus and everybody wears teal. Everybody wears black. Everybody wears bronze. We believe in this university. We all love this university. Other than the parking. The parking's awful. Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. But that didn't happen on campus today. I wasn't on campus today. I had work. But Jordan, mm-hmm. walking around campus, yep. there wasn't any of that. No. The teal was gone. Not not a lot. It was a um, very small number of people on campus wearing teal and not really a lot of people wearing coastal gear and stuff. And, guys, that's where we're, we're talking about. We need to continue to still support this team. Win or lose, we still support this team. We cannot be that type of fan base that reps them when they win and doesn't even know who they are when they lose. So I think us as a student body, I, 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 I challenge the student body to do better when we lose. I mean, some of us, this is the first time they've experienced a loss as Coastal Carolina Shana Clears. So I think we need to do better. This is a learning experience, but I feel like we need to do better when we lose. So Yeah. And you know how the athletes and the football team contribute to that? They go 1-0. and Yep. They go 1-0 and for the next five weeks. Right. And even as fans, you know, we can contribute to that as well. We've been talking about it uh, – for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about the fan base here and how we really need to, you know, we really need to stay for the entire game. Well, come next week when this is it, when we're back at home, that's what we need to do. We need to be the fan base that our football team deserves. And instead of leaving at the first half, we need to bring that energy from the first second of quarter one to the last second of quarter four. Yeah. And, you know, we haven't mentioned it yet, and I think it's important that we do mention it. The crowd in Boone last night was awe-inspiring. Electric. On a Wednesday night to convince 30,000 people to show up to a game and be loud, be proud, be rowdy the entire time is something that Coastal strives to be, wants to be. They're not there yet. App State is, and it impacted the game. It really did, right? Like... Like, that crowd fed that team all night, and it changed the game. It really, like, I hate saying that, because I, I, what's the best way to put it? I don't believe that fans really impact the game if they're not one voice and one force. Penn State's whiteout is a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. That whiteout forces teams to change how they play football because of the crowd. App State did that last night. They did. They didn't force a lot of false starts and delay games because we couldn't communicate. But every time there was a big play for App State, and there were a lot of them, they were loud, they were proud, and they didn't leave at halftime. 
stayed the entire game. We have to we have to be like that, and I, I got a feeling I know we can be like that. But you know, it's it's a few that want to leave. Hey, we're we're gonna it's gonna get to that point. We're gonna be like an app state where people are gonna want to stay for the entire game and not want to leave. So if you guys want to leave, don't come to the game in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. If you don't want to come. Don't come. Exactly. And I'm and I'm out of state, so I'm not from Myrtle Beach. So I know people who are have probably never visited Myrtle Beach in their life. And I tell them about Coastal. And one of them actually told me, they said, look, you got a really good team. They said, but your student section is not that good. For people who never even visited Myrtle Beach, you know, be, going to a Coastal Carolina game, football game, that is now something that people who go to Myrtle Beach might want to do. But considering the fact that our student section isn't helping us, again, it, it's sad. It's sad, but... Yeah, to put a bow on App State, right? Chandler Staten hits the game-winning field goal. Time expires, they win, right? App State got that ball with four minutes left. And as soon as they got the ball, I knew in my heart of hearts it was game. It was over, right? Like, Coastal had not been able to stop the run game the entire time. They ground out a couple yards, got another first down, used up Coastal's timeouts. They send their kid out there for essentially a chip shot. Mm-hmm. Easy points, easy win, right? Well, not easy win. But he almost he almost missed it, but but either right, still made it, right? Like they won the game, yeah. And we've talked a lot in this game or in this podcast, excuse me, about moving forward. That's the biggest thing is forward. You have to continue to look forward. You can't look too far forward, but you have to look forward. Who's next? Who's the next domino we're going to knock over? Right? Who's the next team in our way that we're going to destroy? Right. You have to. You yep. have to. But with that, I think we move a little bit to a different discussion. Um, different entirely. It's really a, a, a quick full 180 here. But we had a viewer submit a question, and it was about conference realignment. So read it out to you now. Unknown Ghost 360 tweeted at us. And again, um, we're at the Sean Show on Twitter. We're at Sean Show on Instagram. We'd love to do more of these. I'd love to have a full, you know, press conference of questions at the end. It'd be awesome. But he hit us up and he's like, "Hey, um, with this new conference alignment thing coming along, where do you want Coastal to be, and where do you see Coastal going?" We got the news today that six new teams are joining the AAC. It's most of Conference USA's Western teams. A lot of the Texas teams. Our jumping ship to the AAC. It leaves a lot of the Eastern-based teams in the Conference USA. We're talking Southern Miss, um, Marshall, those sorts of teams open to joining the Sun Belt. And he brought up a point. He said, would you rather Coastal be a Gonzaga-type team where they're not in a power conference, but they're good enough to make the, the NCAA tournament every year? They constantly win more games than they lose. They're just on the doorstep of being a Power 5 team, right? It's a team that Power 5 schools are scared to schedule because they can lose that game. Or would you rather Coastal showcase their talents in the next couple of years and apply for membership to the ACC and join a Power 5 school? I mean, that is a tough question because, I mean, I don't feel like we're ready just yet to jump into the, the likes of the ACC. I don't think we are just yet. I mean, I know we... We just signed on a couple weeks ago, I believe, to play Virginia in the next coming years. But um, 
I don't think we're I don't here's my thing. I don't want us to end up turning like turn out to be and I'm not shouting I'm not bashing this fan base, but I do not want to turn out to be like the Vanderbilt of the ACC. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Vandy's not a good football team in the AC in the SEC and they get blitzed pretty much every week. Almost beat South Carolina last week, but they got blitzed pretty much every other week. And I don't want us to turn into that. I think we need to stay here. And I think maybe the best thing for us to do is expand. But I think also with the expansion, I think we also need to also do better at planning and scheduling. Because we always talk about how our schedule is so weak. Okay, well, we're out there now. Give us an opportunity. We will take on... Put us against these teams in the top 25. Put us up against tougher schedule. That not only helps the school out, because we're getting paid to play bigger schools, but we win those games, it helps us out schedule-wise for if we can go out and get in, in the position to play for a playoff position. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I think about that whole situation. Let me say, let me say this. We've said this many times on this podcast, and I truly believe it. Even after this loss, I truly believe it. Coastal is not afraid to play anybody. I truly believe that. So now, again, joining the ACC, there's some pros and some cons. The pros is, think about that fan base at Coastal. Just think about it. Just think about how many fans would show up if you've seen Coastal versus Clemson. Like, the fan base would be gigantic and crazy. So fans, I feel like the fan base would grow tremendously if we did move to the ACC. On the other hand, we would have to see how they do in the ACC against teams like Clemson, like North Carolina, like, like... I believe University of Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like those types right. of teams. Now, those are some very, very tough teams. But like we said, Coastal is not afraid to play anybody. You know, when BYU last year, when they were looking for an opponent, we were like, hey, look, give us BYU. And we got them, and we beat them. So, again, I have a lot of trust in this team. I would like to see how they do in the ACC. But, again, that is a very, very tough conference. And if they're going to play like the way they did in App State, which I don't expect them to play like that a lot, but if that's the way they're going to play, then I'm, I agree with Jordan. I don't think they're ready for the ACC. But if they can continue becoming a better and better team, I'd love to see what they do with that. Yeah, I think the the most obvious route, and I think the route that Coastal is going to take, is going to be the route of sit and stay. I think you allow the Sun Belt, and you are a voice for change in the Sun Belt. You say, hey, let's go out and grab this team. Let's go out and grab this team. Let's go out and grab that team, right? Let's make this conference better. Let's make the conference that we're playing in better. And if it so happens that Coastal continues to grow and continues to better themselves and continues to improve their athletics facilities, right? The Coastal doesn't even have an indoor practice facility right now. It's coming. They've got plans to build one. But you're not on a level, even with, like, Georgia Tech, right? Like, that's your competition in the ACC, not only is that detrimental to your football team to be, like Jordan said, the Vanderbilt, to be the whipping boy, to be the guy that, you know, every fan base looks forward to because they know they only have to, you know, pay attention for a quarter before the game is over. It's bad for your university to become known as that. It's bad for your other athletic programs to be known as that. Even if, like, Vanderbilt's baseball team is one of the best in the country. Sure. Yep. How many people know that? None. Mm-hmm. Because you think about football. And you think about it losing 62 to nothing to Georgia. Yep. Right? So I think Coastal has to take the approach of we trust the Sun Belt. We're paying the Sun Belt X amount of dollars every year. The Sun Belt's going to treat us well. 
and they're going to expand for us. They're going to bring in more money. They're going to bring in more teams. They're going to bring in more fans and more exposure. And the Sun Belt is going to become the premier or fight with the American to be the premier group of five conference. Well, I'll say this. I, if we did move to the ACC, I'm being honest right now, I don't think we'd become the Vanderbilt. I'm being honest, I don't. Like, I think, again, we can have, I think we can have great matchups against teams like Georgia Tech, but I don't think we become Vanderbilt. Do we go 12-0 and 0 like we've been doing? No. Or 11-1? and 1? No. But I do believe that if we do go to the ACC, we have good chances to win those games, and they're a lot more competitive, but I don't think we turn to the Vanderbilt. I just, I, I don't. I just, I just, I didn't, I got nothing against Vandy. I got nothing against Vanderbilt at all. <laughs> but they're the perfect example. But they're a good this. example. Right. That's why I'm using them. I mean, I'm not, listen, any Vandy fans that are out there listening, I don't got nothing against y'all. But you guys, let's just be honest, you guys are not that good in football. And I just felt like Coastal, if we did go to the ACC right now, you know, we, we're going to be in dog fights like this every Every week. Every week. We can't. We and can't. Then, oh, for sure. And if we let up even a little bit against the ACC team, for we're sure. going to get a blowout. For sure. So we can't let that happen. I, I wish. I wish we were like like an independent team like Notre Dame. Remember when Notre Dame decided to move to the ACC for one for one year? I'd love, to see, I'd love to see that because I'd love to see it just for one year. Just to see how Coastal does in that ACC. But unfortunately, we'll never be able to see that. But I'd love to see it. Well, I have the trust. I have the trust and the ability to think that the Sun Belt Conference, like Curtis said, will bring in money, revenue to this conference, and will bring in I hope teams so. to help build our conference. Because we we hate saying that we don't play anybody, but it's it's kind of hard to say we don't play anybody when you know we've beaten BYU's and we've beaten right. you know Louisiana's and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I say go for it. Do what they can. Let's see what the commissioner of the Sun Belt does. To try to expand the Sun Belt and to get teams to come in, not only will it help the it'll co- help the conference out, but it's going to help these teams out that are competing in these conferences. So let's just see what happens. Right. No, I I completely agree with that when you mention when you when you talk about it and you describe it, it's it's just that little it's just the memories in my mind of like Clemson versus Coastal Carolina or like North Carolina versus oh, yeah. Coastal, like just oh, those no right doubt. there is why I'm so intrigued by it. Oh, I'm all for it. Right, I'm I'm all about playing Duke and North Carolina in basketball. You, you imagine having like the number one recruiting class, like the unequivocally number one draft pick in the NBA draft playing at the HTC Center. That's cool as shit. Yep. But I don't think the university and I don't think the athletics department is in a position to do that right now. No. I don't think it would be good for us. I think. What has been good for Coastal is they formed their football team in 2003. They went to the FCS. They kept winning, and they kept building, and they kept growing, and they kept changing and and approaching things in new and innovative ways and became a powerhouse FCS school in almost no time at all. Then whenever they decided to jump to the FBS, they looked for a conference that was going to support them best. And the Sun Belt did that, not only from a geographic standpoint, right? It's nice that we're playing App State, and it sucks that we're on the very eastern end because I'd love to go to more games against Troy and UO Monroe and, and Lafayette, and they're just too far away because we're not one of the centrally located teams. However, it's been good growth for Coastal. It hasn't been this instant step up to, you know, hey, 
we're going to kick your ass every year, mm-hmm. but you get a good check, right? And I think that's where Coastal has to be. I think Coastal has to take the reins along with App State and along with Lafayette of like, hey, this is where the Sun Belt needs to go yep. in order to make us more competitive, in order to make the conference more competitive, and in order to make us more money. And not only that, but I also look into the future and to see, like, I'm just curious as to what's going to happen with Coach Chatwell, with Coach Jamie Chatwell, with this new seven-year contract he just signed, with these new openings like LSU is having and, and maybe predominantly more teams with new head coaching jobs, will Coach Chadwell stay too? And, it, and and if we get to a point where Grace is a sophomore now, two years, maybe next year, he what if he decides to leave and go into the draft? What are we going to do to produce another Grayson McCall? What five-star, four-star recruit are we going to get to come back down here? But this is what we were talking about. Is if coaches all bought in on Coastal and won't leave, we'll have no problem bringing in another quarterback like Grayson that can do just about the things that he can do, if not even better. Right. And we're thinking deep into the future, but it is a good thing to think about. Will he stay? And, again, this is where we talk about these backup quarterbacks that are behind Grayson, guys like Guest, guys like Stevens, those guys. we got to see how, we got to see how, what these guys are going to turn into come two years down the line. We don't know what could happen two years down the line. We could get a transfer who was from a different school. He could ball out. We could end up finding somebody from a different high school like Grayson or like a Bryce Carpenter who comes in and kind of lights it up. We don't know. But that's something that's going to be answered in two years. But it is a question that we have in our mind. Personally, me right now, I think I think Jimmy Ch- Jimmy Chavell I think loves this team. I mean, the, the guy grew a mullet. Let's be real, he grew a mullet to show like a sign of like unity with this team. As of now, he loves this team. Two years down the line, I hope he still loves it the same exact way. You know, and I'm glad you mentioned the uh, FCS and like the whole history with Coastal Carolina right there because I'm seeing a little bit of deja vu, like you said. We were winning and winning in the FCS. The way it looks like right now in Sunbelt, we're winning and we're winning in Sunbelt. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, if they decided to take the next step up, who's to say they won't do that same thing and go to a better or a more competitive conference? So, like, these are all questions that are going to be answered in the future, but they are great questions to think about. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, shout-out to Unknown Ghost 360 Um, Awesome question. Awesome. Everybody who's listening, please hit us with those questions. Um, it helps us a lot, and again, I'd love to have a quick fire, kind of bam bam, kind of press conference at the end of every episode, and just here's what our viewers are asking, here's what they want to know, let's give our opinion on it type thing. But um, you know, we were gonna do a national look look ahead this weekend. There's no top twenty five matchups. There's you know we always do a segment where like oh what games are we watching for Coastal's polling? Not really a point to that um, this week unfortunately. So we're going to skip the national segment. There's not a whole lot to talk about there. So I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. So for Mario and Jordan, I'm Curtis. I'm going to sign off. Follow us on Instagram at Shant Show, on Twitter at The Shant Show. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts now. We're going to be posting YouTube videos where we A, start videotaping the podcast, and B, there's going to be some more um, behind-the-scenes kind of content and some more Um, coastal themed content going up on, on that site as well so be on the lookout for that but I think that does it so good night everybody go coastal